Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So he hosts the show on Wednesdays at Better Days in the Lower East Side. It's such a fun show. You got to see it. And he hosts the podcast, Hope of the Hood. Give it up for Petey Diabro. Woo! Guys, welcome back to the Hope of the Hood. Thank you for listening, tuning in, uh, subscribing, rating, reviewing. Uh, we appreciate all your support. This week, I have a special guest, but before I introduce him, I want to talk a little about what's going on or what's happened within the last week since you heard from me. A few ups, a few downs, a few more ups. Uh, I found out last week that I didn't get passed at the Comedy Cellar. The thing that I'm learning... Oh, I think uh, I learned this from Comedy Central a few months ago or like earlier this summer. It was like my first disappointment, dude. It's one thing if you audition and you can't see how what other people did on the audition and you just go, all right, I didn't get it. They must have been better than me. But when you see what the fuck everybody else does and you're like, but for real? I ain't get like I just ran circles around motherfucker, like everybody on the whole shit. So that kind of was the first little thing that kind of showed me like, all right, you got to get used to this shit or just don't let it phase you. Keep going. So I did the seller audition. I, I I thought I did good. I'm 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 pretty realistic with myself. If I did bad, I, I would have said I did bad, but I didn't do bad. I did what I do. And I didn't fucking get it. The lady in charge, she was like, I want to see you do a few more minutes. I want to see you do a few more minutes. I want to see. So I was like, all right, cool. Just tell me when. Oh, it was, uh, I'll, I'll let you know. So I'm from the hood. I'm following up. I'm not. I'm following up every month, every like first of the month. I'm like, hey, just following up. What's up? So I don't know what happened, but like the last week, last uh, like last Monday or so, I was like, oh, not even. I think it might have been Thursday. I don't fucking know. But it was before. Anyway, I hit her up and I'm like, yo, uh, just following up. And she was like, well, actually, we're fucking uh, we're overbooked with comics and just whatever. So. She's like, sorry, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I just waited like three months thinking like, all right, at least I got it. At least I didn't get a no. But at the same time, I was looking for the no. I wanted to know or yes. I don't like the middle game. I like to know yes or no so I can get on with my life. So I got to know. And I was fucking, I was fucking down. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I didn't, like this was the second time this happened to me. Like, I know I did good and it was like, not whatever the result I wanted. So whatever, the next day, Comedy Central hits me up and they're like, yo, do you want to be a part of this show, this stand-up thing that we're doing, uh, whatever? And I'm like, get the fuck. And then, you know, I had to play hard to get. I was like, yeah, uh, can I get back to you? 
that's like the best thing to do. It's the best feeling for me. And um, but I, I ended up saying yes, and I'll be filming next Tuesday. So next Wednesday, you guys will hear how I did. But that's the cool part about like not, you know what I mean? It's like I didn't get too down because I always look at it too. Like with things like that happen, I look at it like, oh, they just made my fucking biography even better. Like when people say no or like certain things, when you when you see those things, you're like, fuck, man. But then when you look at it like, well, I'm going to someone asked me, they go, oh, I was at uh, breakfast the other day with, with my girlfriend and a, a couple of her friends and uh, our friends. And they were like, um, so what are you going to do now that you got that? Like now what's next? I'm like, be the fucking biggest thing there is. What do you mean? What the fuck is next? Like, I got to be. Now it's like, yo, all right, cool. But I'm, that's not going to stop me from where I got to go. That's just a fucking thing that is a little, you know, it was a, it was a short disappointment, but it's not a big deal because there are bigger things on the horizon. But today we have a special guest on the show. I met this guy a couple weeks ago at his business. It's the uh, Classic Car Club Manhattan, CCCM. That's right. Yes. We just do CCC. We leave that Manhattan off all the time. We're global. We might be I, I in New get, York, but, but we're everywhere. But that's like a chapter. It's like the Manhattan yeah, yeah. chapter. Yeah, New we York have a chapter. London one, too. Yeah. I know. I yeah, know. yeah, That's right. So, uh, my man, Mike Pricinello, how are you, sir? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in. What were you about to say? I saw no, you on I was, the edge I, of your I didn't, seat. I didn't want to get... But I, I, I've come, like, in life, like, I know those situations, and, like, mm-hmm. my... Weirdly... I think maybe my, I'm not going to say my favorite, but my second favorite thing in life is like those huge disappointments. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have those, then you don't have like the big highs, right? Mm -hmm. I really always feel really bad for like people I know who like go to work and they sit in a cubicle Mm -hmm. and they do that. And then I don't know, their life just looks like real flatline. I don't know. Being an entrepreneur, I guess, like you are, mm-hmm. highs and lows, man. Highs and lows. That's all it is. Well, that's the cool you part, nev- too. You never have the highs if you don't have the ho- lows. You just have you just have the middle. Right. The middle's a bore. Well, I think some people, it's like a security thing or whatever. Like, in their mind, it's like, oh, well, I know that I'm going to get paid this week, and I know yeah, totally. that, whatever it is. But then the other thing is, like you said, I think the ex- it's, it's exciting as well as fulfilling, and you have ups and downs, but it's exciting. Yeah, you got to get, like, get back up on that horse, right? Yeah, it's That's exciting it. to know that you can go out every day. Uh, you can work. Like, I love working when people don't know I'm working or like, you know, you don't, unless you're with somebody, you don't know what they're doing. Sometimes you might think, oh, they're chilling, they're fucking whatever, right. having fun, whatever. But like when you, you ever just work and it's just you at the, like wherever you're at and you're like, yo, I'm fucking doing this for me. Like it's not yeah, for anybody yeah, yeah. else and it That's feels right. good as shit. Man. Yeah, it does. And then like, especially because you're, you're like an independent operator, mm-hmm. even more so. So you just get to like, just extremely be the the version of you. That's the real version of you. Like, with me, I get to do everything that I want to do, and then I just get to like sh- share it with the members, like of right. our club, and like just do fun stuff like that. And yeah, that's it. Never feels like work. Right. It's hard work, but it never feels like four-letter word work. You yeah. know what I mean? Just grinding. You just push yourself all the time, right? Like I think my job could probably be easier. We could do less of everything, but we just don't. We just do more of everything. Right. Well, we were speaking earlier, and you were like, you know, what's the sense of doing something if you don't want to be the best at it? Yeah, that's true, right? Because yeah, we were talking about like like making magazines and, and podcasts and all that stuff, and we just we just moved. So you were just at the car club a few weeks ago. Did That's, you have a different location? In, we had in New a different York? location. Yeah, so we used to be down at two fifty Hudson Street. So the space that you were in is forty thousand square foot footprint. It's right on the Hudson River. Like it's it's a cool it's place. Sick. It's big, used, bigger than cool. It's sick. And it used to be a horse stable. That's where the NYPD cops were. Oh wow. Yeah. So the horses left. We brought in horse 
Horsepower? Horsepower. It's kind, Different and the, kind of horses. The horses went to the Mercedes-Benz building, which is funny. Where is that? Is that across the street? It's like on 57th Street or something. So Mercedes built this huge um, uh, residential tower. And then they have like their like flagship dealership mm-hmm. on the ground floor. And then the horses are in the basement. But it's, it's really That's not. crazy. It's like, you know, it's Mercedes basement. So it's pretty nice. Yeah. But yeah, so we replaced the horses. And the horses went where the cars are. But our old place used to be a lot smaller. You know, we moved to this place. It was a good opportunity. And like... I think people just thought like, you know, we built a restaurant and all that. Mm-hmm. And I always think that like people expected us to be like these car guys and make like a, a quote unquote man cave, like one of those terms I hate mm-hmm. and serve jalapeno poppers. And like, our, you know, the club's beautiful. You've seen it like in the restaurant. Immaculate. It's awesome. And the food is really good. Like the food is. I didn't even eat because I was like, couture. Yo, I know, but I already seen, uh, the, I seen the buns on the burgers. We have steak tartare on that. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, you just, that's the fun part, right? Like, you know, you're down and out and then just, like, come back bigger and harder. Yeah. People respond to that. That shit is the best, man. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I've said it on this podcast a bunch, but, like, Tom Brady, I'm not even a Patriots fan. Yeah. But once I found his story, like, found out about his story, dude, I was the biggest fucking Tom Brady fan. Like, this dude, his whole career from high school to the pros, yeah, he had to take that. Like, no one thought he was good. That's... That's, even even when he did good though, but like, that, that's everybody who's successful though, right? Well, yeah, like yeah. until you are, right? Yeah. How about this? Do you ever like celebrate your your wins? Like I, we were talking about, like it's me, Phil, and Zach. We run the car club together, and like mm-hmm. you know, move to a new space, got all these new things going on, and like these, you know, you just you do better and better all the time, better service, and like you know, we open up a restaurant. We've never had a restaurant before, but we did it, and like we got our ratings, get an A, like mm-hmm. that's big for people who have been in restaurants forever. We're like, okay, on to the next. And people are like, oh, we got to go celebrate. Like, well, that's I don't have time the, for that. I'm not going to lie. To I'm not going to lie. So I remember the first time I met Michael Che, right? I was at uh, the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn. I had just started doing comedy and I think he had just done like the letter. He did, did he just did Letterman, like when Letter, before Letterman went off. Yeah. The year. So I saw him and I never I never met him before, but I'm just like, you know, if I see you and I know that you had an accomplishment and I'm a fan or whatever, I think you're cool. I'm going to like compliment you. Approach. Like, yo, whatever. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, yo, dude, um, that was great. Congrats on the Letterman thing the other night. He's like, yo, he's like, thanks, but that was last week. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, I'm not going to lie. Like I went home because I just started doing comedy. So and I had a long... Every time I left the Bronx, it was like, it felt like a gazillion fucking hours. So I'm yeah. like the pondering this shit. I'm like thinking about this shit on the way. And at first I'm like, yo, this dude's a fucking dick, dude. But then it hit me like, yo, that's the fucking attitude, man. Because it's it. like you, lead your, you leave yourself open for the next thing. Like, fuck. Like, if you did something cool, but then what's the next thing? That's that's where the real excitement and the, or like, the drive uh, to even wake up the next or day. Are you like your, your own worst critic? Do something really good, and you're like, oh, but this was the problem with it. I do that. We do that collectively. I, uh, yeah, because I mean, I, I don't know. I think I am. I definitely am because I'm. I'm. I don't. I don't know if it's being humble, but I'm never quick to be like. If someone's like, "Yo, that was great," I'm always like, "Well, you know ah, when your cool. you know when your set is funny, it's usually always funny, right?" And like you know that, but like you know at the end of it, like that was great, but it could have been better. Right. This is how, right? right. Like it could have been better. Can't like can't like lay back on your laurels. No, no, no. But that's what I'm saying. The other like when I did your show. So it, first of all, let me uh, paint the picture for you guys listening. It's a fucking. It's a. It's is it like a hangar? It's like feels like an airplane hangar. Yeah, type it of used, vibe. the building was built in the 60s. Right, it used to be United States lines, and they would ship mail, post mail, like to and from England. So that room that you were in, mm-hmm. that was just filled with like 
two million pound bags of mail, like huge canvas bags. Okay. And they take them on a hook and they go out those big garage doors right onto the boats and then go to London and back. That's crazy. Yeah. And then after that, it was the home for like 18 police horses. That shit was, but like, that shit was so big. It's huge. Yeah, it's a big room. Lighting was great. Fucking fleet of cars. Behind the stage, there was a M3, a Huracan. That was the GT3? Tropical. GT3. And then there was the old school Porsche convertible. Oh, yeah. 1955 550 Porsche Spider. 550 Porsche Spider. And then there was- That's the car that uh, James Dean wrapped himself up in. Oh, for real? Yeah. His was called Little Bastard. It said Little Bastard on the back. It's a haunted car. Like, well, that shit looks like it looks like one of those like fucking I don't know post World War Two type of deals. Oh, man, like, it's two seats and a steering wheel. That's it. Yeah, it's, it's really it's a beautiful little thing. But. There's no radio. There's none of that. There's nah, no AC. Nah, none of that. It's just we put seatbelts in. Imagine driving that thing without any seatbelts. <laughs> it probably weighs eighteen hundred pounds. Like you know, a tenth of what a car weighs it just these looks days. Like metal. It's cool. It's and fun. then you had the Alfa Romeo, Romeo. Yeah, no, Alfa Romeo, uh, 74 GTV, the red one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah little yeah. tricolorous stripe on the front. With fender. the snake in the fucking... Yeah, that's one. a good logo, isn't it? Yeah, it's the fucking snake in the, like, a yeah. cross or something. Yeah. It looks like medical, <clears throat> but, yeah. if, but if you're dead. <laughs> the yeah, snake, it's it's like, like they, a, they were like, yeah, we evil. had enough of each other. Like, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> like the snake, Life like, I'll be death. over here, and you stay over there, cross. Yep. So that was, like, the the thing. So And then, like, there was an air of, like I said, it was an immaculate vibe. The people, It's a club, so people are members, and it's just a vibe. But then... When I got on stage, shout out to Matt Pavich, he was hosting, and then uh, Rosebud Baker went up first. And then I went up, I think, second. And the vibe, like the crowd, you guys were great. Like you wouldn't expect, not saying I would expect it because I've I've performed in front of everybody, but it almost threw me back a little. I was like, wow, these motherfuckers are really getting this hood shit that I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yeah. if it was like a fucking novelty or some shit, but it was like fucking dope because like I've, you know, it's like yeah. a, Jerry Seinfeld says, it's like a conversation. So when I say my part, your la- the laughter is like, you're talking back to me now. So it's like, you know, it's like if we're talking, like, all right, you go, I go, you go, you go. And it was just a like perfect rhythm for the whole show. The members are good at taking a beating, right? Like, yeah. there's so many, like, white privilege jokes that are really funny in that, right. like, in that in that arena. And I, I just laugh all night. And that's like that. the host, I would be like. You know, so the members all know each other. And then right. when one starts getting ripped up, oh, that's funny. That joke's lasting for months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that shit was so dope because I'd be like, I'd be like, I don't got health care. You ever tried diagnosis? And then I look at someone, I'm like, yeah, you never had this problem. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody yeah. was it was so much love. Yeah. The vibe, was that like one of the things that you thought of, you thought about like when you were putting the club together, like the vibe and the energy? Yes and no. Like I, private clubs are a thing. You know, there's there's a lot of them out there. London loves private club culture. There's a lot of it here. There's, you know, everything from like Soho House to Core Club and stuff. And I always feel like people try to engineer a room. And then what you have is this like, I don't know, maybe like an artificial, like homogeneous collection of people. Mm -hmm. And we're not private. We're not a private club in the sense of saying like, oh, we won't have bankers. We only want this kind of person or this or that. Really, when when we started it, we we just all love cars. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to have like a rental. I didn't want to like take these great cars and give them to like three guys who scraped up their money for the weekend and just kind of like rape a car and bring it back. I never see them again like this, you know? And so the demographic of our members, like I have members who are in their sixties. I have members who are in their Mm twenties, male, female, like all walks of life, all places all over the globe. Cause that's what New York is. 
And the one thing that they all have in common is they love cars. And so, like, the ice is broken. Like, you could kind of talk to anybody there. And, like, when when we built this new space and built, like, this beautiful restaurant and lounge and everything, like, one time I was, like, just looking at, like, one of the first days we were, like, fully open and going. And it was, like, the most diverse kind of just the most diverse room I've seen in a long time. And I was, like, and I paused for a minute because I was, like, am I, like, am I aiming this right? Or am I aiming this wrong? And then I occurred to me, like, no, this is, like, perfect. Like, this is the way it should be. Like, I have I have all manner of walk of life well, in that that's, room. That's and, they, and, like, on a Friday, Thursday night, man, it's cool. It's 400 members there hanging out on the terrace, killing Rosé. It's cool. Like I it's said, really dude, cool. I, I, so there was one dude that stood out to me in the crowd. The night. blue pants? I didn't see who that was. No, it was a <laughs> dude. He was sitting, like, dead in the middle. And he was having the best time of his fucking oh, life, the long bro. hair. Yes, with the long hair. Yeah, his name is Fred, man. He's he was fun. having the best, and like when you see one, like he he was the anchor for the entire crowd. So whether everybody got something or not, just when you saw him having fun, yeah, you felt at ease. You, I great, felt yeah. like, wow, this guy's great energy. He's, he's a great like, member. His his name's Fred Harper. He's a great artist. He's an illustrator. He does like the cover of all like you know the Week magazine. He does that. He does fine paintings. He actually, I have a tattoo that he designed for oh, me. Oh shit! But like, but he'll come to like happy hour with his notepad and just sit there and like illustrate all the members. And it it it's stupendous the work mm-hmm. that he does. I have like, and he just rips out his notebook. So like, and he loves my dog. Like my dog Monkey comes to the club every day with me. Mm-hmm. And she's wound up in a lot of his illustrations and paintings and stuff. But, like, he just did this quick little thing of monkey and her legs turn into uh, torque thrust wheels from our Cobra. Oh, wow. And now it's in this, like, elaborate gold frame oh, in my living room. This, like, little piece of note paper. But it's cool. Like, everybody everybody at the club is really talented at whatever they do. Like, I have this room full of people who are the best at whatever they do. And, like, I have a, I have a member who's literally building rockets in Brooklyn um, that are going to power the next manned mission to the International Space Station. The guy who invented 3D printing. It's cool. It's really cool. That is, and the, But the ill shit is that, yo, there's young, old, black, white. Like, it's a... It, it reminds me, uh, so sat last Sunday, actually, Sunday, this past Sunday, uh, me and my girl went to, uh, sometimes we go to Central Park and we go to chill. We jam out by the roller skaters. Yeah, yeah. So every Saturday, Sunday, this uh, it's the Central Park Roller Skaters Association. Do they do the path? They do do. No, like, it's oh. just a, it's like a, they basically make a makeshift roller rink. They put barriers around it, so like you know they know, and then like there's a DJ in the middle, so everybody skates around them. Oh, that's cool. But they're playing such good. They're playing like disco, old school shit, and yeah. it's just a fun vibe. You go, you take a little edible, or you dr- have a little drink, and you just jam with your girl or your friends or whatever it is, and it's a vibe. But the coolest part about it is the people that are skating in the community that there is, and even being not in the community, but appreciating the music from the community and the visual is like there's old dudes there's young dudes there's old women there's young women yeah, there's, cool. there's there's gay people there's straight people and everybody the thing that i love about like what you're doing or like what like the people that you like the people that you attra- you attract it's like if you have this uh, uh common love for something yeah it doesn't matter what what you are. It's like the love that you have for the thing is what bonds you. And they're doers. And that's what I felt and, at the spot. And like same as like the roller skaters, like same as the car club. Like they're doers. Just, these are people who go out and do stuff. Like I'm going to be at Central Park tomorrow with probably 10 of them because we have a cycling team. We're there at 6 in the morning. Like wow. doing laps at 6 in the morning. And this weekend we're racing. And, you know, I'll have members driving to a racetrack for eight hours to go racing. Like, it's Where are you racing? 
Uh, this weekend is uh, VIR, Virginia International Raceway. And are you racing cars, bikes? I saw you like bikes I race too. motorcycles. Okay. I mean, we, we race, like, we're the car club, so we do a lot of, like, car car racing is where our bread and butter is, mm-hmm. but I have a I have a two-wheel thing. I got a two-wheel sickness, so. Nice. This year, I started racing motorcycles. I do a lot of track days and stuff, but. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to front. I was on your gram, and I saw you, um, I guess it was the last photo you posted. It was, uh. You were like, I'm back at it this week, or like, yeah, yeah, is that yeah. what you said? It was like, yeah, sometimes you get like a two week break, you know, in between, and like that feels like a really long time. But you know, were I don't you know. always a bike guy, or was it like? No, something? I started uh, Phil, who um, so I, I didn't start the car. I wasn't the smart one in the group. So it's it's me, Zach, and Phil. And Phil started the car club. He's from London. He started the classic car club London in '95, and um, I I had met him, and Zach had met him, and. He kind of put me and Zach together because he met us both around the same time when he was looking to do it in New York. He's mm-hmm. looking for like locals and, you know, just some marketing, just kind of like learn what New York is all about. Because mm-hmm. it's a lot like London, but it's a lot not like London at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he met the both of us in a short span of time. And he thought these two, these these two dudes who are very different would probably make one great functioning human. And like I, ever since I've been sitting six feet away from Zach for 13 years now. It's fun. So you guys have been open for 13 yeah, we in started. York, yeah, we started 2005. Yeah, okay, 2005 down on Hutt Street. We started with 17 cars, mm-hmm. no members, and PlayStation. So like me and Zach were really good at doing Nurburgring. Like we, <laughs> we would like watch some cars and then like just race each other all day long. We don't we don't get that kind of freedom of time anymore. But that's right. a good thing. But yeah, we're doing it for a long time now. So he got you into the bikes. Yeah, Phil's been a biker for a long time. When we first started. Like I always, I've always had this like real interest in it. Mm-hmm. But motorcycles, the household that I came from, man, motorcycles are not even on the table. Like my my mom is uh at the time she was a X ray technician. She worked for like oh, she's a seen all the broken spine bones. specialists and stuff. <laughs> right, you know, like right. Mom, I want a motorcycle. Like that, you know, it wasn't wasn't happening. Right. My parents are from Brooklyn. They they didn't even grow up with cars really, you know. Right. So and then they got me racing motorcycles. It's a little weird. Yeah, that's pretty. It's but like, like, that's why, like, I've gotten into motorcycle accidents before. Yeah, me too. I got into two this weekend. That's crazy. <laughs> but your mine was like, I was high as shit. And I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no help me. I was, like, I was an idiot Ooh. back then. Yeah, yeah. It was a Suzuki DRZ 400 SM at the time. Yeah, yeah. And I lived in Miami Beach. It was my thing to get around. Uh-huh. I loved it. I had like shorts, thing. tank top, flip flops. Yeah, that's like how you very wrote. dumb, right? I call you squids. Yo, dude, yeah. I got hit and I went in the sky. And I fucking fell, and I was like, "Yo, I'm never gonna ride a bike again." It's, it's and then amazing I got a when you get, after that. <laughs> when you get knocked off a bike by a car. Yeah, it is amazing. Like what your Superman capabilities are. Like you just fly through the air for a real. Yeah. Do you remember that whole path in the air? How long you need? I, rem- I it felt like a fucking hour. Yeah, too. but yeah. I just remember the main thing in my mind was don't let your head hit the ground. Yeah, that's a good rule. So I'm like in the air, like, all right, I'm gonna come down. But I'm not going to let my head fucking hit the ground. So I like... The, you did the tuck and roll? Dude, I, no, I fucking skid on oh. my uh, on my stomach and my oh. arms and my hand and my legs and you were just shit. wearing like a t-shirt? Yeah. Oh. My head was like up. like So imagine like laying on the ground, but you're keeping your chin off the ground. You did like slip and slide without the slip. Yeah. So I just <laughs> slid like that. And then yeah. when I got up, my fucking shit was all weird. Oh, man. But um, It's no good. But, and then, but that made me like be like, all right, I don't know if I want to do this again. Yeah. And then I got another bike, like maybe a few months after that. Like, fuck it. I got that bike fixed and then I got a new bike. I traded in and got a new bike. But it's an adrenaline rush that is hard to explain. Like if you've I, never ridden a bike, it feels like 
that must have been like what dudes on horses back in the day must have felt like that freedom yeah. of when they're galloping and it's just them on the open fucking field and they're just riding. There's this, there's this great Italian motorcycle racer, MotoGP racer um, named Marco Simicelli, and he had this quote that was, um, I'm going to botch it a little bit, but the spirit of it is, is you live more in five minutes going fast on a motorcycle than most people do their whole life. Mm. The ironic bend is he died in a race not too long ago after saying that. But oh, that wow. doesn't happen very often anymore. Right. Like, you know, we raced motorcycle three weekends ago. I crashed three times. I'm not proud of that. I was just like, I, ha- I was having like, just kind of like a mental block at this track trying to go fast. But, you know, on a racetrack, there's no telephone poles. Yeah. There's no Uber there's no drivers. Right, right, right. You're in one piece, piece of leather. You got your armor on. You just like, it, you can really like, on a racetrack, you can kind of do that. You know, you Well, that's things. the illest shit as a kid too. Like when you're growing up, it's like, and I think even it's like an envy almost. So when you do ride a bike on the street, yeah, especially the guys on the crotch rockets, what they're essentially there, that shit is like from when you were a kid and you would imagine you were leaning in on a turn. Yeah. Like yeah. that's the coolest shit ever. Yeah. Like when you lean in yeah, it's, and you're oh, like, it's Ooh, feeling this is me. And then you g- straighten it out. And it's, it's the like, greatest feeling in the world. Like putting your knee down around a corner. That's crazy. Or sliding a bike into a corner that's is crazy. even better. Even like on dirt, even on dirt bikes, when you plant your leg, when yeah. you plant your fucking leg and then whip it, open that throttle up, yeah, that's fucking nuts. Open it wide, let it slide. Yeah, I was talking about this last week, but yeah, you guys had the fucking official assault, man. Aesop, is that how you say it? Aesop I think so, soap? right? I'll be honest with you. Every time I wash my hands, I'm like, is that Aesop? Like, yeah. It's nice though, right? What? It's nice. Oh. It's the details in life, man. It's that little things. Just, it smells like la- I didn't know lavender. Like I said, yeah. I didn't know lavender. I thought it was just like a color. I didn't we, know. You uh, could put yeah, it. we we get down on the details. Like it's all those little, like all those little things. You see, like in the bathroom, in mm-hmm. each stall, there's like just a horrific crash scene. Like that's the only artwork <laughs> in there. You know, like, you know, know what's up details. With, what's up with the uh, kitchen? What what's up with the uh, restaurant? Yeah, so we opened up a kitchen. We built about a 800 square foot pro kitchen, and uh, our chef is uh, his name's Jesse Ford. And man, he's one of us. He's he's a former motorcycle racer. In fact, he's a he's what they called a monkey. So if you've ever seen like like sidecar motorcycle racing, mm-hmm. which is mental, he was the guy in the sidecar who'd be like hanging off of it, and like, that was him. But yeah, he's really artistic, and um, you know, we just try to have like really good ingredients, and the menu's kind of always changing and evolving, and like, the members love it. The food is really it's very very high end, and like we're gonna start doing some tasting menus and things like that, but. Like our whole vibe at the car club is to just try to do things as best we can. Mm-hmm. And I think people always kind of like, if you're not a member and you walk in there, you expect something. And I, I always hope it's never what you expect. I always think, I was just just trying to shoot for it to be better, whether it's like the artwork on the walls or like the furniture that we designed with like Moroso was very specific. And, um, you know, even like our stools for the bar, we got them from these two guys called uh, Vibrizioni Art Design in Italy. Wow. And they work in this like little shed in, in the middle of a farm and they make furniture out of um, oil barrels. It's beautiful. Like, you know, I try not to try not to do things obvious. Like there's no checker flags and yeah. 57 no, no, Chevy no, no, trunk no, no, couches no, no, no. and all that stuff. There's no, there's no grease stains. No, on the you don't need <laughs> it. But like little things like that, like, you know, just like the these beautiful, vibrant chairs made out of oil barrels and, you know. Just work with designers and. Just were you always to... like? Where are you from originally? Like you? Where were you born? Um, I grew up in Massapequa Park, Long Island. Oh, okay, so sweet. My parents are from Brooklyn. Like I, I'm, I'm like the, I'm like the export of Brooklyn. So I got an Italian dad. Very, mm-hmm. I'm fourth generation American, but like you know, Italian American dad and an Irish American mother, both from Brooklyn. 
you get married, you make a kid that's about the color of me, and then you move to Long Island, and like that's the dream. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> I'm the punchline of that dream. I think like my my parents always wanted me to be successful, mm-hmm. and their vision of success was limited to what they knew. So they were like, I was going to be a banker, right, or right. a doctor, or an accountant, and all of that. Like I, they sent me to like Chaminade. I went to this like private boys' school on Long Island, and it was it was hard. It was hard work, and I went to Fordham in the Bronx. We're talking about like I've always like. You know, it was pushing me to be a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've always just been a, a little bit of um, maybe counterculture, a little bit like renegade. I, I just, I don't know, like at a young age, I just thought like, I can't sit at a desk the rest of my life. Like that just looks like, that looks like failure to me. I don't care how much money you make. Right. I'm not driven by money. It's important. We all need it. But like potentially to my demise, like I never make any decision based on how much money I'm going to make on that. I always think like when I'm on my deathbed, Am I going to have a good story to tell somebody or am I just going to be the next boring guy in a deathbed? So right. I don't know. So that it just sort of turned out like that. And and I at the time when I met Phil, I was running a PR marketing firm. I've always been kind of like a media sort of a guy. Mm-hmm. And I really like cars. I had like been to, this is what, like 16 years ago or something like that. And I had been to like Skip Barber Race School. I just always liked cars. And I was, I was young. First car I bought was BMW. And I had like this like little Triumph and stuff. And I knew nothing about cars, but at the time, like, I just knew I liked cars, you know? What kind of BM? Kind of BM? My fir- first car I bought, first first new car I bought was a 325. And I got it custom ordered with a manual. And then the next car I bought was a 5 Series, 525 that I custom ordered with a manual because they don't really make 5 Series like sedans with manuals, but they made one. So I bought it. That was fun. But yeah, and then I, I met Phil and I was like, and he told me this idea and, and he was really looking, he was just looking for some guidance on like people he should meet. And I was like, oh, I'll do this with you. <laughs> Right, right, Kidding right. me? I'll do this. Like, and oh, yeah. you know, the job that I had wasn't like a desk job. I had a desk and I've sat at it, but like, I was like, this is it. This is, this is what I was bred for. It just, mm-hmm. it just felt like no one else was doing it. And like, there was no manual to follow. There was no like best practices. There was none of, this is none of that. And like, whatever business class you took, or, like, I didn't think any of that was really going to help you on this. It was just all like shoot from the gut, right. invent something new. And it was hard. Like when we started, it wasn't, um, like that shared economy, like that people like to bucket us in, like, you know, you join and you could drive, you know, we have whatever, 40 cars or whatever, and you could drive them all. But like when we started, actually, this is really funny. When we started, like, you know, people were like, people express their success by having a Ferrari in the garage, but I don't want to share a Ferrari. Like, you know, that was, that was the mindset. It wasn't like that was holding us back, but that was certainly part of the dialogue, you know, and you're trying to explain what this new business is. Like there wasn't net jets and all those businesses weren't around. It wasn't, it wasn't really known. And so I called the Associated Press. I found this like journalist at the Associated Press. And I concocted this story that like our generation was way smarter than our parents' generation because they would like blow their money on depreciating assets. And it was all about like ownership and ownership is a burden. And our generation, modern, cool Americans that we are, are all about like investing in the experience. Like it's all mm-hmm. about the experience, not about the ownership. Ownership's a drag. You just want the experience of that car, not the ownership of it, not the bills and all that. And that, and that, he was like, yeah, it's a really good story. I think you're right about that or whatever. And that ran in like 400 newspapers. I never had that conversation again. Just like nipped it in the bud. That's but, fucking sick. Yeah, it was good, like good PR. It worked you know, out really well. That's super sick. Cause like I was at, where was, I was at, a, um, I was at my home girl, Lindsay's crib. She had a backyard thing the other day, like a backyard party thing she does every now and again. And, you know, a bunch of people come. It's just a fun time. And it's like a night's backyard. It reminded me of like when like boat clubs almost. Yeah, so like I'm a like, yacht club. Yeah, so I'm yeah. saying to myself like, yo, 
this feels so good that I don't have to clean up this backyard. I don't have to pay rent at this apartment, but I get yeah. to experience the backyard and have fun That's and have it. a moment. Yeah. And that shit is like basically what the car club is. Totally. Where it's like totally. you don't, you like if you have a boat, you don't want to fucking pay boat maintenance fee. Like you don't want to pay. Ownership is, ownership is a bummer. That, that 1974 Alfa Romeo GTV that was behind you during your set. Uh-huh. Like, man, that is a pretty, pretty thing. And like a, a real historically classic car, all that. Owning it is a nightmare. Like it's a nightmare. But like as a member, and then the garage. Like I saw you talked about that. You, if you don't have a garage in New York and you have a nice, what the fuck are you doing? No, no, it's busted. <laughs> it's, it, well, at least a classic. Like you can have maybe like a high end car in a garage somewhere. But right. like when you have an old school car that needs love and care, you it's can't a machinery just, that needs right. maintenance, right? Like we, you know, we work really hard. I got, I have five guys in the garage who just work on our cars. So when members take, we had a, one of the first cars we put in the fleet was a nineteen. I think it was 1974. No, it was 1975. 1975 Aston Martin Vantage. It's like beautiful, like James Bond to the fullest. Like Mm -hmm. it's just so cool. But it's like a, you know, it's a, at the time, a 31 year old car made in England, like super stylish. Nothing ever, like literally a member would go out in that thing, come back, like, oh, that was awesome. And we're like, yeah, great. You enjoyed it. And then we put it on the lift. Basically, take the whole car apart and put it back together, Jeez. just because so, that's like that's what it takes for some right. of these cars. You know, they they were made in the dozens. They weren't made by the thousands. They were made by. And then where are you going to get those parts from? Yeah, well, that's what, you know, a lot of times you got to make your own, or yeah. or for cars off the road, sometimes maybe it could be off the road for a month just while I wait for some obscure part from Germany. But but that's what makes them special too. They're made by people. You mm-hmm. know, they were mm-hmm. like made by people with human with, with human hands and like. You can sometimes tell, like, you drive an old car and you can be like, wow, this car is like, this car is amazing. Like, this, this is a really good car. And then you could drive the same car, just a different one. And you can tell that thing was built on a Monday. Like, you right, know, it right, just right, doesn't right, want, right. like, it just doesn't have the same soul to it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even like, I love old school, like American cars too, because it's like, even if it's rebuilt, yeah, you could feel the rebuild in it. Like you could, there's still some sort of like, wow, somebody's hands. Like muscle cars. Yeah. Like somebody, yeah. you could feel it. The It just, the carburation, I, you smell it. It's just different. Yeah. When you get out and you smell like gas. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool though, right? Like, I love that, It's man. tactile. Like I you drive, love you drive new cars now and like, it, it's a bit more of a computer experience, which, yeah. is, which is cool in its own right. But like with American muscle cars. So we have this we have this theory on these cars where like we try to make the best expression of what you think that car should be. So a number of years ago, like you know, Kiss, the band Kiss. Mm-hmm. So they had done this like reunion tour, and I was watching an interview. I think it was Gene Simmons, 
And he was talking about, you know, when we did this reunion tour, we had to engineer this like huge pyrotechnic show and this light show and everything, because that's what people remember from remember of us from the 70s and like early 80s. But in the 70s and early 80s, we didn't have pyrotechnic show. We didn't have light show. We just like four guys and makeup on stage. But people built it up in their head to this thing that we have to live up to. And like for me, muscle cars are the same way. Like, you know, whichever one, whichever one. Like we had the 67 Chevelle Supersport. It was really cool. But like people like, oh, my uncle had that car. It was so fast. No, your uncle had that car and it was garbage. (laughs) It wasn't fast. Right, right, right. It was was always hot in there. Like it was loud. It steered like a boat. So what we do is is we'll take like that car, like we put in a tighter steering ratio gearbox. So if you're driving straight down the road, your hands are still, you're not like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's not like four inches of play in the wheel. We take out like drum brakes and put in disc Disc brakes. brakes. Um, We make everything go faster, stop better, and cool more efficiently. Like those are the rules. Like we have this really beautiful in the fleet. If you go to our website, we have this 63 Stingray Corvette convertible. It is so beautiful. We have a modern day Corvette engine in there. Oh, um, nice. But then, but then to make it feel old, we put in like hooker headers, which is like you know the parts go the exhaust, mm-hmm. and a really big cam. So it's like blow, 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 blow. It's like what you remember it to be. We took out all that horrible suspension. Like it has like a leaf spring suspension, which is like what trucks have. Like you know you have it like next to a truck, and you see like like four four or five stacks of like like a steel rod that are yeah, stacked. Yeah, yeah. That's the suspension in a Corvette. So we took that out. It was weighed whatever eighty pounds and put in like a twelve pound carbon fiber one. Nice. So now it like drives like you hoped it would. Mm-hmm. The, the, otherwise, it'd just be like driving a tractor. But it sounds right. It looks right. It's better than what it ever was. So we just try to like. We try to retain everything that made that car great mm-hmm. and then just get rid of the stuff that you don't want anymore. And we don't make them like resto mods. I hate that too. Like when people take old cars and they kind of make them look like new. But those people are always from like Scottsdale, Arizona. And oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Turquoise yeah, and yeah. like a lot of like chrome and yeah. machined aluminum. Looks like, I don't know, it's dated. Um, what were like when you were starting out? When you guys started out in twenty, what was it? Twenty two thousand five. Two thousand five. What were like some of the main hiccups out the gate starting the club? Main hiccups were the first thing was just the model itself, just like charging people to like be a member of this club with all these cars, but not own any of the cars. That concept was just so different, and now, and now it's like everybody does that, like subscription services and stuff, like. You know, you pay a monthly fee and like someone sends you dog food for your dog. Like it's it's yes. like we were like on, we were like one of the inventors of that. Insurance was hard. We used to pay so much money for insurance because, you know, just to say to people, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna have millions of dollars worth of cars that are really powerful, <laughs> and we're gonna put average people in them. You know, insurance companies are not in the in the mindset of taking a risk. Like that's not their business model. So for a long time, we had to pay a lot of money just to like insure those cars and make mm-hmm. sure our members were safe and. And truth is, we have such a small um, incidence record. Like, Mm -hmm. if you look at the cars that are in that room and the power that some of them have or the age of some of them, all that stuff, right? Like, um, the lack of safety gear and something like that 550 Porsche Spider, like, Mm -hmm. that is as thrilling as it is dangerous. Like, that's, you know, you're you're not, you don't have airbags in there. You're you're going down in that car. Mm -hmm. Um, but But the sensation of driving, it's great, you know? But we have such few incidents compared to just like what the national average is because our members love cars. You know, they they pride themselves in their driving. We do a ton of track days all the time and performance driving schools and stuff. So that all helps. Um, I'd say the hardest thing, though, is just New York City, man. 
New York City is not like it's not the most friendly place or easiest place to do business. Like whatever whatever it is is just <laughs> ten times more expensive. Yeah, yeah. Ten times more litigious. You know, landlords are not in the interest of helping you grow that business. They just want like you to do as least as you could possibly do, while, mm-hmm. but still cover that check to them every month. Like I just think the size and scope of expenses in New York City is is really really hard. But I but I wouldn't do it in any other city. I mean, now I will. We're gonna we're gonna be in LA soon, things nice. like that. But like, I know New York City. Zach knows New York City. And what you know, makes so what, what, being with even with all those hiccups or headaches, or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. What makes you? <laughs> what makes you keep going? And what makes you like go th- like go through that wall, whatever wall that is? Like, what makes you? What's the driving force behind I, that? Yeah, I th- I think that there's probably there's a few things. One is like failure is not an option. That's like the rule that we have, you know, when you take on investors, you owe them something, right? Like they, they're betting on you. Right. And I take that really seriously. If, um, you know, we take some investment from an investment partner, man, I got to deliver on that. I'm not, I'm not calling that guy or gal up saying, oh, that million dollars you let me, I, I, I spunked that. Like that's not, in, that's not in our collective DNA at the car club. Also, it's just something that we like, we really love. Like I, I saw the vision of it. Like when I, when I first met Phil and he was sort of telling me like what, car club in London is like and I was like oh man what could this be in New York like sometimes in life you just like hear an idea and you're like oh why didn't I think of that that's brilliant and like I felt like that about this Mm -hmm. and at the same time I just thought like you know sort of like how did I get here like what my I was just I felt like I was sort of made to be something like this my job out of the three of us like we each have like a bit of a focus like I'm sort of like the brand marketing kind of sales guy and Zach does ops and 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 finance and Phil Phil flies at like fifty thousand feet and we're like you know he he's sort of like making sure we find the right place in L A to do this and like really looks at the finances make sure because that's part of business too like you can have a lot of fun but like you still gotta you gotta do the the nitty gritty of it all and like run a business really clean and really accurately and and on the level um, mm-hmm. and we do all that and. Yeah, I just think I think a lot of it was like the dynamic between the three of us. I'm really, really lucky. Like I'm part of this like three man team, and we challenge each other and push each other every single day, question everything. But like at the end of the day, like I know like Zach is so good at ops that like he'll have a he'll do he'll be doing something, and like you go do that. I'll help you however you want me to help you, but you're you're the best at that. And and Phil's like really great at the finance, and I'm really good at my section. So we all respect each other's areas, but then we all. We all know each other's areas and we just try to like, it's like being on a hockey team. That's mm-hmm. what it is, like the three of us. And I think that that's, that, that makes me really lucky. Uh, you know, I have a lot of friends who have businesses and they're either like independent operators and it looks lonely to me, you yes. know, because like I, I run a business with my, with my two best friends. That's mm-hmm. really cool. I also have friends who have like a business partner and I think maybe like that 50-50 is difficult because you might feel one way and your partner feels the other way. Somebody to break the you just at loggerheads, you know, with mm-hmm. the three of us, it's like, well, Two of us say A and one says B, so A's happening. Right. I, I think that a lot of our success has come from the camaraderie that we have running this business, learning every day because, I, like I said, we don't have a textbook to follow. There's no, like, this is how you run a private automotive club. We're the only ones doing it. So, you know, just kicking ideas to, together. And then, like, at the end of a night when a member showed up in a car and then they stopped and had dinner and, like, hung out at a comedy show. Mm-hmm. Like, that night that, that you performed, I had – so many members come up to me and just be like, every time I come to the car club, it's better. Like, it's just better. Like, and that for me, that's, that's the biggest part of it. Like people expect something and then to be able to deliver at a higher level than what they expect. That's like a really good high. That's a good high to chase. Yeah. That is crazy. It's cool. So I do, I told you about it. Every Wednesday I do a show at Better Days. 
And my mom just, I didn't know she was coming, but she fucking came. She popped up. Did you get stressed out like when your mom's at your show? Nah, nah. Because she, she knows me and just like, she actually pushes, she makes me do better. Whenever yeah. she's there, it's like, I can't fucking not do good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. So, but the next day, I t- I'm talking to her and she's like, yo, you know, it's like a family there. Even the people that didn't know each other, they all, we all yeah. got together and we were all like there and like, and so like you said, it's like a high of being like, even like sometimes I go outside, chill, like I'll leave the venue for sure. a second just yeah, to go get outside, some get air. some air. Yeah. And then I'll come back in and I'll see everybody just jamming together and I'll be like, man, I'll just stand there for a second. Like, what? wow. It's like, you feel high and everybody's leaving. People hit you up the next day. They're like, yo, man, I had so much fun. And and it's just a, like, I was going to say uh, another thing about the club, about the car club. Even if I never drove any of those cars, like say I, I wasn't going to drive any of those, I would still want to yeah, be a part of the not, club. You're not going to drive any of those cars. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually I will. But I would just like, just the club, the vibe, just be the energy, yeah. the, the drinks, the camaraderie, yeah. that whole thing. Like I had a few people hit me up from the club that were just like in my inbox. Yo, you were mad funny, yo, boo, boo, boo. Oh, that's cool. And man. it's just like, oh, I that shit feels that. good. And then I'll like follow one of the men. I follow this one dude. I got to find his name. So, you know, you find, we're friends now on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he hit me up the next day. Yo, man, you were mad funny, boo, boo, boo. And I'm like, look at that shit. He's like a fucking... The grill somewhere Like he's like He's got like He's just doing his thing And oh, I'm man. like Oh you're, this is fucking dope You look at any member's Instagram right. account And it's like It's like but, It's like some Robin Leach show But the So the, <laughs> the dude That I had on the show Last week His name is uh, Kirby Kirby's Cups Yeah So I'm talking to him Like kind of re- Using the car club As a reference About being around Good people Like I'm from the hood Mm-hmm. So, like, if you ask me, like, I can probably on one hand tell you the the amount of people that I grew up with that I still interact with because they're up to no good. Right. You right. know what I mean? So yeah. when I come, when I get an opportunity to be in a different environment around people that are actually productive and doing things and, and have some sort of enthusiasm about life because, you know, they're doing nice things and fun things and they have a common love of something yeah. and they can get together or whatever. Right. So that shit is like priceless oh it's so cool i i started a cycling team right mm-hmm. the car club because so i do motorcycle racing right this is like my big goal for this year it's like three years to get here and part of it's just being in good shape and i like two wheels so i i used to cycle and i would like do it on my own and do whatever 20 30 miles and i, I never did it with anybody so like I, I know now i was slow as you could be and like <laughs> off it. but i i like put out this email to the members like start a cycling team who wants to do it with me come to a meeting on thursday and like Poof! 20 people were there like, yeah, let's do it. Like it was, it's really cool. And like, if I ever have like a challenge, um, you know, whatever it is, like, uh, I'm, I'm doing this film series for the car club Mm -hmm. and like, great. I have like five members who are like famous directors who are like (laughs) the best, like CGI guys. And like, you know, and, and they'll all just come, they'll come have dinner with us and like, tell me everything I need to know. And then like, hold my hand through the whole process. It's really cool. That like camaraderie, when you build a network like that, I think that's the most that's the best reason to be a member of the car club. Right. Like the cars and all that is really cool, but like that's any like a, partic- that's like the icing on the cake yeah, of the club. Any, any day you walk in there and it's like members doing business with each other and helping each other out and like sharing their experiences and their know-how and their knowledge. And they're all like, they're all top of the food chain at whatever it is that they do. So right. like, it's a, it's a, it's like one of the best resources in New York city. It's like, but it's also, it, it doesn't have the pretentious vibe of say a Soho house. Like I've, I've, yeah. show, I've done shows. Yeah. My, like the, the woman that produces my show every Wednesday, she produces the Soho house show yeah. every uh, once a month or whatever. But the vibe 
is totally fucking different. Like, yeah. I remember the show was over one night at the, at the Soho house. And it was like, I forget the room. It was in a room. The library room or something. I like think that. so. And yeah. it was like, uh, looked like, like a mantle, guitars and shit on the wall, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we go downstairs because the, the show was over, room was closed. So we went downstairs to grab a drink. So, so the bartender's like, yeah, no, you can't, you can't buy drinks here unless you have a card. Dude, we were fucking in the building. Yeah. Like they let us I in. We already broke in. Right. We already fucking broke in. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we have money to buy drinks. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so it's like, that shit's weird. Cause like, that's like, imagine if you invited me or someone invited me to the car club, right? Right. right. And we're, so now I'm, I'm in the club. Not saying I'm a member, but I'm right. in the club. Right. And then I go to the bar and they're like, yeah, no, you can't buy drinks unless you're an authorized member. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, that doesn't, you know, like, so when we when we were at our old location, we didn't have we didn't have like the kind of bar and everything that we have now. We just had this like honor bar because you know we were a car club. I sort of people started like loving the vibe and hanging out all the time, and that's why like, we moved to this place. Like, oh, let's do a restaurant, let's do a bar. Like, let's 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 make this like a like the, a proper second home for our members. But prior to that, we had this like four hundred square foot club space. Mm-hmm. But like a on a bar is always stocked and it was free. You know, just whatever, serve yourself, whatever. On Thursdays, we would bring bartenders in, have happy hour, and people would just like be there all night drinking. Like there's a heavy drinking culture at the car club. We drive and drink. We don't drink and drive. But <laughs> when we started that club, like one of the first things we did was like, well, why don't we give everybody an access card and just let them in twenty four hours a day? Like we have to be there for you to take a car, but. Man, if you want, if you're like out with your with your girlfriend or boyfriend or like your friends from home or whatever, or your coworkers, and like you're done with dinner and you want to go somewhere cool, like open the door, bring them to the car club. There's nobody there, like right. it's, there's no security, but like treat people like humans and adults. They'll behave like adults, you know. Right. Right. And that was like that was like sort of the start of it for us. Just let you know, we have millions of dollars worth of these cars, and like we just let members in, and and 99 of the Members like really did it right, right? And every now and then someone would be a rock star and like trash the place. And that's cool too. Just leave money under the door. Don't make me look at the security. That is the like I've, I know? had a thing with the spot that I do the thing at, right? That's a show. Yeah. So one day I'm, um, I usually leave before the party's over. Right. That's yeah, that's my, the right move. It's not even that. It's just, yeah. I just, I arrive just. Arrive late, leave early. That's cool. Yeah, I just, no, I arrive early. Well, no, no, no. I used to arrive, I used to arrive early, but now I arrive like when it's about time to start going. Yep. And then I leave like, I don't know, maybe an hour before everybody leaves. So fucking uh, Chase there, dude, dude's the fucking head writer at SNL. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like. A, He's funny. There's a level of like, I'm just happy I fucking, we're friends. Like, yeah. I'll be honest with yeah, you. I'm, I'm not even the same bill. So. Yeah. He, I get a fucking message the next day from the producer of the show, like, yo, call me immediately. I'm like, oh, fuck. Uh, you know, you, you, you wild out. Yeah, you, know, you know, you get those messages. <laughs> but it wasn't, a, he didn't even do any. It was, it was an interaction that wasn't pleasant. So like if, and but the owner wasn't there. It was just like a misunderstanding between the staff and, right. you know, whatever. And it felt so bad because it's like, like you said, yo, you honor your yeah. guests, like yeah. you're happy that they that you know you have these guests. Yeah. You're, you're happy that you can accommodate them. Mm-hmm. So you want to make it as comfortable for them, so they can come back and so they can tell their friends. And so it's just a, it's like a family fucking vibe. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that shit's super important. Hey, I think it happens with anything. It happens with us. It happens very very infrequently. But sometimes you know, members like if you're going to be part of a club like that, the only rules are is like you be you, everybody else be them. 
And your alleyways are only go as far as like before they infringe on other people, right? And so yes. sometimes, you know, like you you felt the vibe there. You know, like everybody's really cool and everybody's there to like have fun with everybody else. But like sometimes there are people in the world that their goal is to see how much they could extract from a situation and mm-hmm. give nothing back to it. Yeah. And those are the those are like the, you know when you gotta watch you out. Learn, <laughs> you learn those people real quick, like you know, and then those are the people you have to pull aside and say, like, hey, listen, this is how like things are done here. Yeah. Do this for yourself. Don't 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 look, don't look foolish, you know. Right, like, right, right, right. And then if they if they can't live up to that, well, that member's got to go because the other you know thousands of other members, like yeah. you, you know, one one can't be so much louder than the others or whatever. But but generally, you know, it's a it's such a good room that like it's hard to do that. And we also have like a real rock and roll vibe to us. So like absolutely, like I said, like you smash the place up. Man, I hope you had a good night. That's cool. Just let right. me know. Just pay the bill. That's right. fine. You just know, don't be a creep. Just yeah. don't do some sneak shit. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yo, don't just, make me look at the security. Just call camera. me and say, "Yo, man, yeah. I'm fucking wild. I'm, I'm bad, man. I'll probably buy it. Yeah, we'll buy your next round if you yeah. behave like that. That's yeah. fine. So it's like, know? yo, it's just the common decency, common courtesy. Yeah. Um, so what do we got coming up? What what are like so? What are you working on now? What, what can we expect from the uh, car man, club coming so up? So much. So the next things are uh, we got a lot of racing going on. So like I said, we're racing this weekend. We're going to Germany in a few weeks. So there's this racetrack there called the Nürburgring. It's like 17 miles. It's actually a it's a public toll road. It was built by Hitler, which is a bit bit weird to sort of make the greatest and best track ever. And now it's like the most death defying place you could drive a car. If if anybody's ever done like Grand Turismo or anything, you've done the Norberg Rings. So we do that for a day and then we drive to Belgium and we do a classic Formula One track called uh, Spa Franco Shops, my favorite place in the world. We just did this rally through um, Scotland. So we went to all like the distilleries. We're going to F1 in Austin. We're doing uh, a rally through Cuba, which will be cool. I mean, we do like a lot of fun stuff at the club itself. Re-kicking off the series called Concept Kitchen. So like we ask really notable chefs to come and prepare a meal that they've never done before. It's supposed to be like a concept car. So like concept cars, uh, like a manufacturer, Ford or Ferrari or anybody will let their designers design anything without the constraints of the legal team and stuff. And they come up with something really cool. Um, it's never intended to be made, but... You know, the design and technology that sort of trickles down and everything. So, like, we did a great concept kitchen with Chef Andrew Carmelini. And he had never foraged before, but he foraged, like, 200-mile radius around New York City and made this awesome meal for us. So, we're doing Does more Does forage of mean, like, he was in the forest just yeah, getting like, fucking— Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like— Acorns and shit It's the better version of dumpster diving. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. That's yeah. sick. And he, like, you know, and I, you, you just hope that, like, you're not eating the poisonous mushroom. That's fucking sick. Yeah, it's cool. So, yeah. um, got a bunch of new cars coming. So uh, in the winter, we do ice racing in the winter, which is crazy. I'm looking forward to that. What the fuck is that? So we race on frozen lakes. What kind of cars do you got out there racing? Oh, man, we just we race like Subarus. Beaters. Okay. Yeah, like beaters. But um, you could either do it like spiked spiked tires, like Maynard tires. We do regular. We don't do spiked. That's like, what's the point at that point, right? I'm so, about to just come sit in the back seat with you. Oh, it's crazy. Slide <laughs> if you watch the video, someone said it looks like we're playing bongo drums because you're just like doing like like up and down on the steering wheel the whole time. Just But, you know, you're, you're in tight quarters with like 20 cars on a sheet of ice just racing around keeps us sharp you know you know what the club reminds me of almost and uh if i could say like a comedy club yeah it reminds me of the stand have you ever been to the stand no they're actually uh opening up a new uh location it should probably be open in october november in uh union union square but it used to be on uh 19th between 19th and 20 on third avenue in uh gramercy but it was like so 
You've been to comedy clubs. You've been there, whatever. You know, it's like brick wall, whatever. The, sh- the yeah, whole I, I, spiel, whatever. I have a question about that when you're done. So this was like the first comedy club that I've ever been to that even if you didn't go to see comedy, it felt like they had a great, like the same thing. They brought, they had a chef come in, oh, finesse cool. the fucking menu. So it was yeah. like a great menu, great high-end shit. You can get a burger or you can get fucking prime rib. You can do, right. you know, it's a it's a nice vibe. But like, it, you just felt like you were somewhere cool. yeah. You know, you, there's guys outside smoking cigars. It just had a good vibe. And then it had comedy on top of that. So I feel like your your, yeah, your spot is like yeah. beyond the cars. Like I said, that's like the icing on the cake. Yeah, it's the car. It's a car club, but it's a fucking dope vibe. That's like, really cool. Thanks. I, I notice these days, like I give people tours. You know, you give tours a lot. I, I We're open to the public from, we're a private club, but we're open for, to the public from 9, 9 a.m. to 1 in the afternoon because people like to see those cars and mm-hmm. we like to show them. And um, we get people from all over the world. And, and I find myself, I forget to show them the cars. I'm so, like, happy with all the other stuff that mm-hmm. we added to. Like, oh, right, the cars. That's what you actually care about. <laughs> you, you don't care about the furniture fabric that, right. that we picked, you know. But So two things about, like, comedy nights at the car club, which is cool. Like, I used to go to comedy clubs all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I used to really love that in New York. And then, you know, it was 2018, so I have a 65-inch screen TV and Netflix. And I watch all my favorite comedians on it. And having these shows at the car club reminded me how much better a live show is. Like, like whoever's listening, got to go to a live show because, you know, like you, whatever, you like Chappelle, you watch Chappelle, you turn on, boop, there's Chappelle. Mm-hmm. And like, he's right into it. And you're like, aha, it's funny. Right. But like that, like that tension in the room. Oh man. That's like, I'm not like, I'm not good with that kind of tension. Like I know Larry David is a genius, but like, I, mm-hmm. I have a hard time watching because I have to like take on all like the shame that he does not have or, like, <laughs> or absorb all the tension that he right. does not feel. Right. And like it, like on the comedy nights at the car club, you know, a comic gets up and like, and you're like, Oh, I hope they do well, but, right. but probably not. You know? right, 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 and you're right. like, Oh, oh, and then they win the crowd over and you see and like, Oh, it's so cool. And like, everybody loves it. And then the set's done. Mm-hmm. And then the next comedian comes out and like, Oh, here we are again. Oh, there's, yeah. there's no way they're going to live up to the last one. Right, you know? right, right. Well, that's the coolest part too. I think, yeah. like you said, is, is, uh, cause before I started comedy, I'd only seen it on TV. I've never been to a live club before. I right. never saw it live. Right. So I just knew it from what I saw. And then like actually getting into the culture and seeing it every night of the week yep. and seeing guys that I might have never seen before. And then like, Oh my God, this dude was the funniest fucking guy I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. That's like a thrill in itself because that's almost like looking at a car on YouTube or like having a poster of a car and then you see it up close or then you you might be fortunate enough to drive it and you're like, whoa. It's a whole different, it's it's a lot more in your face. The first time I ever drove a Porsche, right? I was like, what the fuck? What neighborhood did you drive it in? Miami Beach. Sweet. That was part of your set, which is so funny about like, Oh, the hood. Not, not knowing like what a car is, what, yeah. whatever. Just come up with that name. You just got the nickname for it. Yo, yeah. you just got the, the Tropicana Porsche. This shit look like orange juice. Tropicana and then they had the fucking yeah. Ninja Turtle Lamborghini. <laughs> yep. This shit yep. got the, ooh. Because yep. in the hood, like they have cars that are like not not that crazy, no, but there'll some... be a crazy car and you'll be like, what the fuck? Yeah, Because like it some... looks even crazier. Festooned. Yeah, like put, like, put <laughs> yeah. that fucking Porsche in, the, in yeah. front of the projects. That shit... It's funny. It's like, what the fuck? It's funny. Like, when you drive our car, it's like, different cars get different responses. And I also feel it's like, it's like a suit. It's how you wear it. Like, mm-hmm. some, sometimes you can drive a car and like, no one's, people talk to me all the time. Like, I don't know. I got, I got a welcoming face or something yeah. like that, right? Well, you but have like, good energy. But like, the way like, people respond to the cars here in the street. And like, if you're in a Ferrari, 
like people looking at you for eye, but like kind of side eye, like I don't want to see me looking at because that, <laughs> that guy's a jerk. You know? yeah, 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 but then yeah. you drive that Lamborghini, right? Which is like very similar in a way, but like man, that 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 thing makes everybody happy. The like, Lambo everybody. seems happier. I don't know if it's yeah, because it's the like, front is down it's just more. It's outlandish. Like, it's outlandish yeah, in yeah. every possible way. Like you can't get mad. It should have like rockets on it and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like yeah. I've been to gas stations and like this old lady. She had to be like eighty five years old. I, in fact, I put the brake in miles on it, so I drove it to Kentucky. During, uh, yeah, From New York to Kentucky. Yeah, you got to put fourteen hundred miles on it. So I, it's it's hard. Like you know, you can't go past 3,000 RPM. Okay, that's a burden. I don't want to give it to a member. Like, don't go. You know. Yeah. So I, you know, oh, do three thousand, four thousand. Whatever. I went to Kentucky, drank some bourbon. Um, but like I pulled in this gas station. This lady, she had to be eighty-five years old. She was like, "What am I looking at? That's amazing. You know, like just makes people happy. Yeah, people love the old cars. It depends on what you do. That's fucking sick, man. My favorite thing is like if I if I drive one home. I live in Brooklyn. I don't drive home too often or anything like that. But like if I do or or wherever I am and there's kids, like I just open the doors and just like let them in. You have to do that, right? right? You have to. I I fell in love with cars on a very specific day. I think like most people, it's like an like. When did you fall in love with... Actually... What was, car was it that you saw that you fell in love with the first car? It was more than a car. So I, I, I was about eight years old or something like that. It's probably 1982, so I was like seven. Mm-hmm. And my family, it's like me and my mom and dad and my sister, that's, that's my family. Um, we flew to San Francisco and we took two weeks and we drove down Pacific Coast Highway all the way to Mexico. And it was like, that was like a big trip for us. Like, you know, it's like young family and... And we stayed at nice places. Especially from the East Coast. You're going all the way yeah. to the West. That's big. And like taking that much time off. And like we landed in San Francisco and went to this little town called Car- Carmel, which is like just north of San Francisco. It happens to be like where the Concourse d'Elegance is and Pebble Beach Car, like the biggest car show of the year. We didn't know from Long Island. I mean, yeah. We were in a rented Cutlass, Convert- Cutlass Caprice. It's like a it's like a car that looks like you'd rob a bank in. That's, right, that's our right, rental right. car. And we show up in this little town. It happens to be when the car show is. And every car in town, literally, except for our horrible gray, gray maroon two-tone Cutlass, was an Italian supercar. Wow. And this is like 1982. So it wasn't the internet. You'd like type in Lamborghini and see like everything you need to know. And it wasn't when— What was the Lambo of the day back? Was it a Contosh or some shit? Well, Countach. So it was like the Countach. um, But that period would have been the Diablo. Oh, yeah, the Diablo. Diablo. And all these cars, these— like mind blowing Italian cars that, you know, at the time they only made three and 400 of them. They didn't make 2,000 of them. They were all in the street and like it just like fried my brain. That was it. Like that was for me. I was like, I need, I need to know more about this. And I have a photo of it. It's me in front of a 1972, I think, red Ferrari Daytona Spider. So like a convertible. And my mom was always like really about how I dress. I look like, and I and I hated taking pictures of them because like my parents aren't the kind of like let's take this picture. They'd be like, okay, smart, you know, like making a scene <laughs> with a cat. And I never liked that. And I'm dressed like a professional fucking handball player. Hilarious. I'm wearing like Adidas shell toes because I was just like weird kid that like rap from Long Island. But then I'm like like I got like the high top like tube socks and like my Adidas shirt matched my shorts, but it wasn't like cool. It was like I looked like. I look like a Hungarian like handball player <laughs> in front of like some guy's Ferrari. Right. I have a photo of nice. the day that I fell in love with cars, and it's not it's not a great photo. I gotta say <laughs> that's fucked up because it is a great photo. It, it is great, like and the, it's great that I have in it. hindsight. It that's a it. wonderful fucking yeah, yeah. photo. That's yeah, that, nuts. That was the day, man. That was it for me. After I, that, I was like, I want to go to race school. I just that's it. I and I uh, I'm a terrible mechanic. Uh-huh. I could I could diagnose something that's wrong with a car, like driving it, like, ooh, these bushings will need to be replaced. But like, don't ask. I don't even know what that bushing is. I have no idea. I just know what that's like. Mm-hmm. 
throttle technician. Man, that's pretty fucking sick. I get to race motorcycles. Part of my job. Isn't that great? Isn't that crazy? I'm the slowest sponsored motorcycle Doesn't racer. Doesn't even the matter. Don't matter. I'm they smiling. don't even know. Smiles was, on every was it? it was uh, Michael Jordan in his Hall of Fame speech. So they were talking about uh, they. He's like some people talk about Gervin and Isaiah Thomas freezing him out of the All-Star game. So he's like, some people talk about, like, when I was a rookie, these people freezing me out of the All-Star game. He's like, but I'll be honest with you. I was just happy to be there, so you couldn't freeze me yeah, out. Like, yeah. they let me in. So that's you know, all that fucking mattered. Michael Jordan's a huge motorcycle racing fan. Yeah, he and had a team. He had he? a team. And, or does he still um, have a team? He had a team. It was uh, Jordan Suzuki. Mm-hmm. And he had some great races on his team. And, like, I had, I was at a race at New, New Jersey, New Jersey Motorsports Park. This is, like, local track that we race at. And it had, they have this huge observation tower. You can go all the way up to the top of it if you feel like getting a cardio workout. And he would only go up there. Uh, he would never come down the pits. And he and his whole reason was is, like, because on this track, the athletes are the racers. And he's like, the minute I go down there, I ruin that. It's not about me here. Yeah. It's just all about these racers. It's really cool. Yeah, if you want I like be, your logo too. It's pretty dope. It's cool, right? Yeah, it it's designed like by the guy who designed the uh, logo for Volvo <laughs> before my time, but you know, I inherited that. That was that was Phil. Phil came up with a good one. It's fucking nuts, man. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know that the uh, the so the Volvo logo is basically the male. It's a, it's a sign of iron, though. Is, this, is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. That that that's what I. That's how I understand it. Yeah, it does look like the like the arrow. Like yeah, male, it's like female. the male female yeah. arrow. But that's fucking nuts, yeah, dude. It's iron Jesus. that the cars are made out of. Yeah. The next interview, we're gonna uh, go to the club. Yeah, we should do part, it. We should do it in two. car. Yeah, part two, we're gonna be in a car. We should drive to your hometown. I'm down, bro. Let's do it. Oh, that should'll be sick. Word, you picked a car. That'll be sick. You have to accessorize, right? For oh, right? you know, I was going to ask you, the Daytona, is that the one that looks kind of like the Ford GT? The it's front, like comes to a point almost in the front. It does kind of come to a point. It's got like um, the the like the like yellow indicator lights kind of wrap around. Right. I think Crockett or Tubbs had one at one point. You, so like, oh, so, right, no, 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 but that's about. the white. Not the Testarossa. Not the Testarossa. The, 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 the first one he had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. you're talking about. It's a bit more like, a uh, bit more feminine and sleek. Kind of but like it's sport. fucking, so that's how I know most of the cars. Yeah. It's like TV. Pop culture, yeah, word. Or I remember I had a mag, I had a book back in the day when you used to have the fucking, you remember in school when you get the, the thing where you could get whatever book you wanted, you'd order it. Or like, like Scholastic, the Scholastic shit. And I had a Porsche fucking book, right? That's yeah. why Porsches have always been my favorite fucking car. So Good cars like, too, yeah. Um, so they had like the Porsche racing cars. Yep. Then they had like the old school 80s, nine, like the 911. Slant oh, nose. Oh man, yo, with the big whale tails on That's the back my favorite, of them. My favorite era of cars are actually the worst cars. Mm-hmm. I love like Italian supercars from the 70s, like like cocaine cars, mm. you know? Yeah, they're yeah. terrible. They're the worst. <laughs> But they're so pretty, right? I remember the first time I saw a fucking uh, Diablo. Mm. I was in L.A. It was it's like a spaceship, and it's fucked up because the Murcielago had just came out, so it was right. like almost like a, a afterthought. Like, oh, you got that Diablo? It's so, but so eighty-eight. It was so like to actually see it in person for the first time. Mm-hmm. It was like what the, f-? and then like the front just seems like it just goes straight down, like yeah. wham, and then you see inside, and then like I guess they had like an ostrich interior. It was fucking. <laughs> yeah. It was a purple with a white yeah. ostrich interior. Yeah, it was fucking the, nuts. yeah, they are crazy. They're crazy. And then when the doors open, psh- yeah, the fucking. We call cool. those the karate kids in the hood. Word? That's the fucking... Oh, that's so much better. The karate kids. Call them like scissor doors or something? Yeah, no, nah, karate, karate kids. Doors. Did you ever see... Uh, what's it? Um, or the I Believe I Can Fly, we call it sometimes. <laughs> what's, that, what's the acronym for that? I-B-I... Whatever. <laughs> the I-B-I-C. But that's like F- on... Um, on uh, what's that show? Uh, Silicon Valley. It's like... 
billionaire doors don't open like this. They open like this. <laughs> Even though I love the ass, I love the swan doors. Those are fucking pretty. The mm-hmm. fucking way they, they they just like open up on a fucking slant. And they of. open up straight up like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they don't take the up gold wings. Mm-hmm. Gold wings are the coolest. I love, that's why I love the- you can the, get in and out in tight spots. They never go past the body of the door. How do you feel about the Benz GT? Do you like that car? Uh, the, the newer one? Yeah, we had it. Um, so it's not my favorite brand, but I do love those engines. Like the engine in that car is fantastic. It reminds me of those old school long fucking nose yeah, cars. The, the SL 300, 300 SL Goldwing Mercedes is sort of what that. It's really nice to drive. It's like a, it's a good interstate thrash car. It's like mm-hmm. good for like a, a good thousand mile trip. You'd be in that. But like I always felt a little silly getting out of it. Doors don't need to be like that. Felt like I was showing off. We had a we had a quick one on that. We had a DeLorean once, which is the worst car ever made. And I get to red Pretty light. Pretty as fuck, though. It's like kind aluminum, of, isn't it? This is crap, though. You know? <laughs> like it's this crap car. All sheet metal. And it was like the AC was like. <laughs> <laughs> and the windows don't open. You know, it's just got like a little <laughs> trap window. So I get to the red light and like open the door. And I just to breathe, just to like keep from passing. And I know people are like, oh, this guy thinks he's so cool. Right. I wasn't trying to be cool. I was he's just trying, trying to, to survive. Cool. You were trying Back, to be cool. Yeah, like, we, all drove, cool. we all drove it once and then punted it out the door. That was it. That's like, but that's the funny thing, too. Like, that's the cool part about the club. A lot of the times, you just want that feeling one time. That's it. You don't want to own that feeling. Disposable automotive experience. Yeah, yeah you don't yeah. want to own the feeling of having to maintain. Like, I don't know what the story was with that M3 you had, but I looked inside and I was like, whoa, this shit is ready for the track. Like, I had yeah, the fucking yeah. roll cage that, and all kinds of shit in there. That's an E30 M3. That's the first M3 ever made, the most winning race car ever. Like, that is a hyper-classic car. We take that thing on snowcross. Like we put a we put a cage in it and Yeah, I saw it. I was like, what the Because I saw it from a distance and then when I got hard. up close and when I was yeah. on stage, I'm like checking it, I'm looking at it, I'm we like, have, whoa, this shit is different. We have, it got you know, a like cage. We, have, we have things you expect, like we have Ferraris and stuff, but I also have like a nineteen ninety one Volkswagen Westphalia Synchro four, like this like four wheel drive with the pop up, but like I bought it from this German com- couple. Is who, that the red car with the fucking huge fog lights in the front? No, that's a Lancia Delta Integrale. That's cool. That's an Italian rally car. It's got like four yellow fucking huge so fog lights in the I front. I love... My favorite thing about driving that thing around New York City is like I, I have a I have a certain amount of road rage. Mm-hmm. And by certain, I mean like a ton of it. Because I'm a real judgmental driver. Like I take a lot of pride in driving, obviously. And like you drive around... It's not New York. It's everywhere. It's just that there's more people in New York, so you run into it more often. Mm-hmm. But like... I love hitting the Uber drivers with like that, like 1.1 gigawatts of lights. Like, poof, hit that, <laughs> hit that switch. Like, you cut me off, poof, you're blind. That's you know, like, yo, you gotta like, understand. These are like, regulate. imagine floodlights from your house. Yeah, it's like five, but like the hood. five on the front of the car. It's because it's, it's like, made to race through the woods. That shit, like, I like honestly, I like those cars those more. Are, yeah. Like I love though the M3. I love those yeah, types of cars we, more than the newer cars, like have, the modern cars. We have the things you'd expect, but the thing about the car club is ones you don't expect. Right. You know, like really quirky cars you've never seen before, and you're getting like, what is this? And you drive like this amazing. You Fucking know, sick. Yeah. yeah. All manner, all manner of experiences. All right, where can we find you? Classic Car Club Manhattan. Classic Car Club, yeah. Classic Car Club Manhattan. Or Instagram, CCC Manhattan. That's always a good place to find. Check That's it like out. the honesty is at CCC Manhattan. Check it out. All right. Well, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll, I enjoyed we'll this. Fucking, uh, we're family now. I don't know if you know that. We're yeah, family well, now. We're, we're driving through the Bronx. That's it, bro. On we, the road. We, Bring the show on the road. We're not going to tell them when, so they, they don't know when to look out for us. But we'll, no. you'll hear us. You'll That's hear right. the fucking exhaust. Yeah. Mike, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Everybody listening, go to the website. If you if you have a chance, if you're in New York, stop by the club, the stop experience. Yeah, yeah. It's not even a lifestyle. It's an experience. You can find us near the toe pound. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this shit weird. is fucking dope, man. Yeah, yeah. Come through. Classic Car Club Manhattan. 
Thank you guys so much. Keep listening. Rate, subscribe, review. I'll talk to you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.